Hello and welcome to episode five of the Long Story Short podcast. My guest today is the lovely Emma Dowling. Emma is the founder of Empowered Mama, Sweat with M and Empowered Retreats. She is one of Ireland's leading health and wellness coaches who specializes in the many aspects of female fitness. Emma has worked with thousands of women and guided them through the most effective ways to exercise in each part of their life, especially when it comes to pre and postnatal training. In this episode, we discuss the benefits of training throughout pregnancy for both mum and baby, the do's and don'ts of exercising throughout each trimester, and Emma also gives us her top tips for managing life as a mum of three young children, a wife, as well as how she runs a successful business. I know so many of my female listeners, especially the mums out there, will find this podcast useful and inspiring. So sit back, take note, and I hope you enjoy. Emma, thank you so much for joining the Long Story Short podcast. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me on, Vicky. I am thrilled to be here today and it's lovely to kind of kick off the new year with a podcast. Yes, exactly. Well, Emma, I have been following you for quite uh, a long time now and I think you are the woman, the coach to go to when it comes to working with women who are pre and postnatal. So, Would you mind just uh, so our listeners can find out more about you, tell us about yourself, who you are, what you do, who you work with and how you got into the industry. Amazing. So my name is Emma Dowling. I am a pre and postnatal exercise specialist and um, I predominantly work with females. Um, I started also about seven years ago in the fitness business after 12 years working as a beauty therapist. Um, And... When I became pregnant with my first baby, that was uh, five or six years ago, um, I really kind of discovered that even though I was a personal trainer, I had a really extensive training background. I was competing as a Olympic weightlifter at the time. I'd done CrossFit for a certain amount of years as well, that I actually didn't really know what to do. I didn't really know how to approach my training. And the more I looked into it on the internet, the more confused I got. I found it was all very gray information. There was no black or white. And that was really what kind of spurred me on to going on to, you know, study more and work with people who knew what I needed to know and basically fill in those blanks for myself. And then for others, I was, I really thought like, if I don't know how to train at this point in my life, how the hell is everybody else doing it? What are they doing? So that was really kind of what spurred it on. And the business has just kind of grown we do in-person classes, um, pregnancy and postnatal, and the moms can bring their babies with them so they can meet other moms. They can train in a way that is convenient. They're not looking for babysitters, and they know that they're getting a workout that is suitably challenging as well. And we also have our online programs, and I've recently started doing retreats as well um, because, God, we all just need a bit of a break sometimes. I think everyone's just so tired. That's amazing. Um, and to top it all off, you're a mum of three gorgeous, gorgeous uh, kids. And yes. so, yeah, I definitely will be asking you, you know, how, how do you manage it all? And I think it's so inspiring to be that person that is initially like, how am I going to manage my training and my nutrition? And that is the way you go into, you know, teaching others I think that's a huge um testament to you so fair play with that so when it comes to exercising while being pregnant Mm -hmm. definitely 
based off clients that I've worked with in the past, some who have, you know, had kids or been pregnant to write the coaching process. Um, a lot of people think, and I know this is definitely a myth that um, I'm sure is is hopefully being or has been debunked, but a lot of people think it's really dangerous to train while you're pregnant. Um, but with what we know now, there are actually so many benefits to to training throughout your pregnancy. Um, so would you be able to kind of, I suppose, get us uh, started off on the right note and kind of explain what are the benefits of training throughout your pregnancy and how important is it? Yeah, well, so it's perfectly safe to train in pregnancy um, to start off, um, especially if you're having a normal and uncomplicated pregnancy. And this even means that if you have like zero training background, you know, you're, re- you're quite unfit and you don't really know where to start. Once you're working with somebody who, you know, knows what they're doing and is sensible with their programming and their guidance, um, it's, it's very safe to train. I would always say just double check with your medical team, of course, but, you know, for the majority of people, it is safe to train and not only safe to train, it is extremely beneficial to train uh, when you're pregnant or stay active in whatever way that you, you enjoy. Um, recently, um, actually, there has been research around about the benefits of exercise in pregnancy for the baby. But I think in 2020, actually more research came out on that to further, um, you know, um, further what's the word warrant training in pregnancy. So I'll start off talking about the mom first and then we'll talk about the baby because it's actually really interesting as well. So for uh, mom training in pregnancy, first of all, the experience of motherhood is probably one of the most physical experiences of my entire life. And that's not even including the kind of labor and the birth experience, but just the after, you know, carrying babies, carrying car seats, carrying bags, carrying all of that at the same time. It's um, probably, you know, sometimes running after a toddler as well. It's extremely physical. And so it's really important that we're robust as possible going into that journey, that we have a certain level of fitness and endurance going into it. And I also think kind of, do you know when you're kind of training and stuff, um, you get uncomfortable and you kind of learn how to compose yourself from a mental point of view and, um, you know, break things down and just, you know, take things one bit at a time. And I think for those stressful situations as a parent, that has actually really stood to me over the years. But um, aside from that, you know, you maintain your muscle mass and, your posture, your um, endurance and stamina for your birth experience as well, uh, decreased risk of uh, gestational diabetes, preeclampsia, oedema, constipation, which can have a massive um, impact on our pelvic floor health as well. Um, It prevents excessive weight gain in our pregnancy and all of the implications that that might bring. puts us in a good mood and increases our energy levels, promotes, you know, a better sleep. Um, So for, from the maternal point of view, so many benefits. The WHO recommends 150 minutes of moderate intensity exercise per week. And I think that's really important, that word moderate. I wouldn't consider, you know, a walk, a stroll on the prom, chatting to my friend, moderate exercise. That's really low intensity exercise. So there is indications there that you can push your heart rate like a small bit. Oh. I'm so sorry. One moment. Okay, go to the big The original, the original paper. 
Now, you see how it's done, Vicky. The reality, <laughs> which is amazing. Reality. He wants to go to the playground with his friend, so he can't. Anyway. What age hmm? is he? He's five. My God. Yeah, yeah. So I have a five-year-old and I have two one-year-olds as well. So it's a madhouse. But anyway, um, he might appear again. Who knows? But anyway. Um, so moving on from that, from a um, baby point of view, how does the baby benefit from the mom exercising in pregnancy? Loads of research coming out on this at the moment. And I just think it's so fascinating. And actually, I think it's a great driver for women who are a little bit fearful when you say actually like your baby's really going to benefit from you doing this and you know exercising in the right way so these babies um from ones who train at a moderate intensity they have a lower body fat they have higher muscle mass they have um improved metabolic performance their motor skills are better they have a stronger cardiac function and um, their immune system is functioning better as well. They also tend to have a slightly higher birth weight, um, which sometimes you say to people and they're like, oh, don't really want that. But from a preterm point of view, that's really important. Um, and it was something that I thought about a lot when I was pregnant with my twins, um, who are 15 months now, because obviously in a twin pregnancy, the chances of the babies being born preterm is much higher. Um, so it was something that I really, it was something I could take control of and say, okay, look, training at this correct intensity um, for enough time will will really, really stand to these babies. And it did. They were absolutely massive. Um, I went 38 weeks on the twins and my twin one, Lucy, was eight pounds and twin two was seven pounds. So I, I mean, you know, it works. <laughs> Amazing. That is so interesting because exactly what we were saying there, I think initially you think, okay, well, is it beneficial for me? And I would have always, you know, said 1 million percent for any mum's training throughout your pregnancy going to be so beneficial, obviously, unless like we were saying, there's other complications that we um, get assessed beforehand. But I never really thought about the baby, which is like crazy to even say, but like when exactly what you're saying, when you list off all those benefits, I think as a mum, you're kind of like, okay, you know what, I'm doing this for my baby because as I'm sure you will kind of say, you know, when you are a mom, it's not about you anymore. It's about the babies and it's about the kids. And which obviously there's a certain balance with that, but it's a huge motivator, I think, for a lot of women to say, you know, while yes, I'm training for myself, I'm also training for my baby. And that, I mean, that information is, is brilliant. So yeah, And, and like you're giving that baby, you know, such a head start in life like it's you're changing epigenetic factors for that human for their lifetime you know you can do that within a couple of months I think it's absolutely incredible and what's coming out about that and I'm really looking forward actually to to seeing more of that research coming out and learning more about that topic in particular amazing and then just as you were saying about the um that kind of I suppose psychological mindset of either you know when you're going through labor I remember my cousin with her um baby was telling me she did uh, Pilates all throughout her pregnancy and she said it was that moment where she was giving birth and she was going I have done the most horrific Pilates sessions ever and I've gotten through them (laughs) and she was like her mindset was just like I can get through this I can breathe and I can you know push myself to get through this whereas 
exactly what you're saying I, I do crossfit myself and there's you do have to go to that mentally dark place at times and really have that conversation with yourself and now that you're okay do you know you're going to be fine you just need to focus and breathe through it and um you know that it will eventually pass and it will eventually end it's it is just that I love that like and I often say it when I'm coaching clients as well stay composed you're completely in control obviously like you know in childbirth it's a little bit more a little bit more intense and you're not completely in control but there are certain things you can control and I'm a huge fan of controlling the controllables so when it comes to nutrition um I know that is probably something as well that is a little bit misunderstood uh we often hear people saying I'm eating for two and that can me literally for two adult human beings um which unfortunately is not the case but could you I suppose talk a little bit about um how a female's nutrition might change throughout her pregnancy whether it's throughout tri- different trimesters or based on what they are um feeling and experiencing yeah it's a really complex topic actually and I do a lot of work with um, Michelle Holm from Fit Clinic on this so she advises me a huge amount on this and, and my clients as well which is amazing to have her there as, as a resource but you know um, what it kind of boils down to is eating like a Mediterranean very diet eating your eggs if you're able to um, your animal products really really important from a protein perspective and also a micronutrient perspective your leafy greens um your oily fish and if you're not eating oily fish making sure that you're supplementing with an appropriate um omega omega-3 oil um and from like a calorie point of view um it does kind of change throughout the trimesters so in the first trimester we might add maybe 200 calories which really is absolutely nothing to their kind of maintenance um and I think, you know, when people have maybe been calorie counting or, you know, using my fitness pal, like when they see what 200 calories is, it, it doesn't make that much of a difference. It's like an apple and a handful of nuts, really. Yeah. Um, and then as we go on through the trimesters, we might add one or 200 more calories here and there, depending. Um, but I think the most important thing for um, a female who is pregnant is, first of all, fueling herself properly, because especially in that first trimester, you know, if you do have food aversions or morning sickness, it's really, really hard. Um, and especially when I say eat that like colorful Mediterranean diet, like certainly in my twin pregnancy, I could literally only eat beige food yeah. for yeah. probably the first three or four months. And that was kind of what I needed to do. And it goes back to that control of the controllables. Like, you know, I was taking my prenatal vitamins. I would have like a smoothie every day to try and get as much kind of micronutrients in as I can. And then if it was toast and cereal for the rest of the day, that was just how it was. That That's what my body could handle at that time. Yeah. So it is giving yourself a bit of grace there as well. Um, and obviously just being treat wise and not going crazy on the the junk food and the sugars as well, just from a... Um, GD point of view it wouldn't it wouldn't be ideal to, to be to be doing that yeah and would that change as you go into your second and third trimester to 200 calories then in your as as your bone gets bigger and the baby gets bigger the calorie in intake might increase a little bit so you know especially if the woman is feeling like really depleted in energy or if she's hungry you know you're going to bring that up another little bit maybe up to an extra 400 calories and then I'm pretty sure it goes up to about 600, like would be would be the max um, additional needs in the third trimester. Amazing. And going back to, I suppose, training, is there anything specific? Obviously, each pregnancy is going to be different, but is there anything specifically when it comes to the exercises that is like 
a must do and an absolutely, you know, do not do, stay very well clear of. Um, and if that is different, you know, throughout the trimesters, can you kind of touch a little bit on that? Sure. So um, the first thing that I would touch on is saying that like not all of the time, but very often it's not the exercise, it's how you do the exercise that matters. It's knowing how to breathe properly through your exercises. It's knowing the alignment that you need um, throughout the exercise to protect your core, to protect your pelvic floor. It's um, looking at the risk versus reward. So, you know, box jumps, like am I really going to get that much out of doing that exercise um, versus the, the risk of me actually falling doing it? So I'd be much, you know, I'd get pretty much the same benefits from doing a step up. Um, do you know what? Actually, we'll go through the trimesters. So we'll do it that, that way. So first trimester, not much really has to change. You might need to deload your bar a little bit um, pull your intensity back a little bit um, anywhere kind of between 75 around 75% usually is, is a pretty good number to, to pull your barbell weight back to, pull your intensity and your heart rate back to um, in that first trimester, if you're feeling well enough for training. And that's really important because a lot of people don't feel very well in their first trimester. And, you know, getting to the gym um, is such a big thing to even just be there, like 75% could be way too much. So that kind of piece of, even though I absolutely hate the, the advice, listen to your body, you kind of need to take the, the advice and a little bit of that with it as well does that make sense so the first trimester you know exercise wise not a lot is going to change um our baby is still really really tiny so our core and our pelvic floor really isn't going to be too affected um but i would include that core connection breathing and always thinking that risk versus reward we move into second trimester bump is starting to grow their energy levels are probably improving a little bit so they're feeling quite good I'd still be looking at staying in and around that 75% as a max and um, so it could be like 60 to 75% heart rate and you might need to pull the weights back a little bit or maybe like drop a set off um, what, what they what they have been doing but again every single client is different so it is asking those questions and sussing out where they are at and always keeping their training history in mind as well um, Back to that um, listen to your body kind of piece. It's important that if you're training somebody who is trained to a high level, so maybe like a CrossFitter, an athlete, um, a weightlifter, somebody like that, when you say to them to listen to their body, they might not know how to do that because they've been training for years probably on how not to listen to their body, how to push through the, the pain into the pain cave and you know override those kind of feelings. So it's, it's important to kind of keep that in mind as well a little bit. Um, so that second trimester, really, um, from a core perspective there, we would start to modify, maybe take our sit-ups out, um, our crunches out, and start to do more pre-postnatal pre kind of um, core-friendly workouts um, for the core. Um, then in third trimester, you're, they're probably going to have quite a big bump at this stage, we're going to further need to modify how the exercises are done. So if they're still working with a barbell, you know, we wouldn't be doing any kind of cleans or snatches or anything like that because we don't want them to hit their bump. So we probably switch them into a dumbbell movements of that. Um, and also, you know, aside from hitting the bump, they've probably been training that really good bar path for, for a long, long time. And we don't want them then redirecting that around a bump and having to untrain that at the other side. It's just, 
a complete waste of time <laughs> ruining that lovely bar path. Hmm. Um, so that's something to keep in mind. Again, pulling that weight and intensity down a little bit. Again, you might be down around kind of 50%, even 45% to your pre-pregnancy um, weights and intensity. Um, and then from a core point of view, we would definitely be more looking at releasing and relaxing the pelvic floor starting to you know get ready for if they, if they want a vaginal delivery um a lot of um, people's pelvic floors are actually quite tight so it's training it to kind of let go and then you can let gravity kind of do its thing a little bit more for that delivery experience as well amazing so yeah that's incredibly interesting and I think correct me if I'm wrong but your advice would probably be if you are somebody who is not you know been training for that long um to work with somebody who is qualified um when it comes to working with um women who are are pregnant yeah i definitely would um it's really really important that you're working with somebody who has the right qualifications and the right experience as well do you know somebody who's worked with lots of you don't want to be somebody's guinea pig do you know is the way i, I would always look at it um so yeah, and ask for qualifications and double check that they're up to scratch really for what you need. What I suppose would your advice be for any mums or mums to be who I suppose kind of feel this pressure? Because I think for a lot of women, when they find out they're pregnant, it's that sudden worry of, am I going to, you know, put on loads of weight? They initially might jump to, okay, well, once I have this baby, my straightaway, you know, goal is to lose that weight that I've gained um or for women who I suppose are maybe self-conscious of the gym and they know they should go to the gym but and I, I think you're brilliant because I know that you do a lot of home workouts and stuff which is a little bit you know creates that safe space for women who might not be confident going to the gym um but what's your yeah. what's your advice for women who you know we want to incorporate some form of movement and some form of activity but you know it, whether it's going to the gym or um that pressure afterwards of getting straight back to the gym what would you what would you suggest so um from a prenatal point of view I would definitely say um that initial realization I suppose that your body is going to change um is really tough and it's something that I really struggled with actually in both of my pregnancies my first pregnancy because I was much younger and it was also new to me and um you know, I'd be, I'd come from that weightlifting background of like making weight for competitions and doing big cuts and all that kind of stuff that I probably had a slightly um, unhealthy approach to body image at the time. Uh, but I just put that down to my youth. Um, so I remember just that was a bit of a struggle for me at the start. Um, but then once I kind of had Jacob, I kind of really realized that I was so grateful for what my body, I was actually amazed by what my body did and could do. And, you know, amazed that because I, I trained through my pregnancy and I didn't do any kind of crazy training, I just kind of kept moving. Um, that my postnatal um, recovery was actually quite good in some ways. There was um, a few incidents. I, I, I went back to training a little bit too hard initially and I did give myself a prolapse. Um, not doing anything crazy but it was just and that was another thing that really spurred me on to go and you know find out more but I had to obviously learn how to rehabilitate my own body um, and I, did, I didn't want to do that to any of my clients or and I wanted to basically show people how not to let that happen but I'm, I'm 
I'm veering off. I want to go back to a body image. Um, so I did get that really huge sense of like gratitude towards my body and really learned to kind of accept my body and how it looks, how it is because of what it's been through um, and what it's done for me. And I really find that when you give yourself that grace and your body, that kind of grace as well. And it's not all this like self-love and all of that. It's just accepting. This is how it is. This is how it looks. You know, if you want to change it, you know, you can. I'm not really into big restrictive diets or, you know, crazy grueling workout routines. Um, I think it's just so lovely to kind of find that kind of point of like homeostasis with your body. And this is where it is and where it feels good. And I think that's just a lovely place to try and get as many clients to as possible. Um, and then from a postnatal point of view, I think just sticking with that mindset, doing the small things well, um, try and, you know, rest when you can, get your water on board, make, you know, healthy choices with your foods when you can. It's not always easy to do that. Um, get out for your walks when you can. And, you know, if you, if, you know, training at home or training in a gym is something that interests you, you know, get one of my programs <laughs> it's the best place to start yeah. <laughs> um, brilliant like because the gym can be a scary place anyways for women let alone you know a, a pregnant woman and I think you know having that option of knowing that these things are available yeah. you can either train it yeah. See, that's why I love my classes as well and all like mom and baby classes with postnatal and prenatal exercise specialists will be the same everyone in that class is arriving in the same boat no matter what their athletic background is you know I'll have someone coming in being like Emma I've never been in a gym before in my life I don't even know what a squat is like this is like the very first dip into training I've ever done and then I'll have someone who's like you know I did CrossFit and I've you know a really good background in training it's like okay ladies well we're all starting at the same point we're all going to build a really strong foundation we're going to work on our deep core strength we're going to look at our primal movement patterns and and slowly but build it up both over weeks and months and until they always generally feel really really comfortable in the gym afterwards and most of them do end up joining mainstream gym classes or joining into my online programs or other other coaches programs as well um and I just think that's so amazing that that can be, that can all come from going to like a pre pregnancy or a mom and baby fitness class. Yeah, no, I, I, I think the world is changing. Um, I definitely don't think you would have seen as many women exercising while they were pregnant. Um, go back, going back 10, 15, yeah. 20 even, years ago. Even five, so. six years ago when I was training in my pregnancy with Jacob, um, do you know, I was moderately active on Instagram at the time and you got a lot of pushback, a lot of pushback. And even wow. the owners of the gym that I was training in at the time and coaching in, they were like, oh, we don't know about you doing this. We don't even know about you working here. Is this okay? Like, are you able to coach these classes? Like, it was so kind of unheard of, to be honest, at the time, a pregnant female coaching classes. It was, it was really tough. That's that's mad. I would have I would have never thought that. Like I would probably have thought that maybe thirty years now, ago. But wow. it's five. <laughs> so that many years ago, yeah, yeah. Like it was it was very tough to stand my ground and be like, no, well, I'm not going to do a rope climb, obviously. But like, I'm able to yeah, coach everything you know, else. You know yeah. your limits. 
as well. Um, and then the difference, like fast forward, you know, four or five years, my pregnancy with the twins, I worked the entire way through. I was coaching, you know, when I was 32, 33 weeks pregnant with twins, massive bump, you know, and it was just so that well received, you know, people were just like, God, like, it's amazing that you can keep going and that you feel well and you know what you can do. And it was just, it was just so great. It was such an empowering experience for me and for my clients as well, I think. I, I was going to say, I, I have followed you for a good few years now. So I've seen you training throughout. I don't quite think I followed you when you were pregnant with uh, Jacob, but I definitely saw when you were pregnant with the twins and I was like, I want to be able to do that one day. So it was, it's really inspiring. So that's amazing. Like fair, fair play to you. And just, you know, knowing that that's your, your, your training your body for something amazing that you're about to do. Um, so something I definitely want to touch on because I think it's, correct me if I'm wrong, but super important or a lot more common than um, people might think, but is the diastasis um, rectile that women can go through um, when, when they are pregnant. So firstly, what is it? How can you tell if you have it and how can you repair it? Yeah. So diastasis recti is basically, um, it's called an abdominal separation as well. And that's kind of what it's commonly called. Um, and it's not actually a separation. It's basically a thinning of the linea alba. So that's like a um, piece of fascia between the rectus abdominis um, that goes down through the midline of the core. Um, and obviously when we get pregnant and our bone grows, this is basically the way for our abdominal muscles to make room for that growing baby and you know, our organs moving around and all of that kind of stuff. So it's not that it separates, it thins. Um, and a hundred percent of pregnancies that go full term, the woman will have a diastasis at the end of it. It's just part of being pregnant. It's a really positive thing that our body's doing for us to accommodate that growing bump. Um, then postnatally, we obviously have our babies, things are coming back together. Um, and, um, at about eight weeks, a lot of people's diastasis will have just naturally knitted back together and everything is fine. About 60%, though, I'm almost sure that's the statistic. Don't quote me on it, but I'm pretty sure 60% of women will have an ongoing diastasis post eight weeks, um, postnatal. And, you know, certainly then post kind of 12 weeks is when we would probably start thinking like, you know, some rehabilitation or just kind of giving your core a helping hand along the way. Um, could be a good idea you'll hear a lot of people talking about how many fingers the gap is so it's like the gap between the core like how many fingers wide is it and it's like oh I've a, a four finger gap or a two finger gap or a one finger gap or whatever but really like what's even more important than the actual width of the gap is the tension within the gap and what tension can be generated and how we generate that is using our pelvic floor and our breath work as well and it's building the tension up in that um, learning how to appropriately stress the abdominal wall in a way that will strengthen it. Like any muscle in our body, it needs to be stressed to be strengthened, but not overdo it so that it will be worsened. Um, mm -hmm. You know, there are hundreds of exercises basically to, to help rehabilitate it, but um, learning how to do your breath work, learning how to do your pelvic floor squeezes, and you might need to go to a physio to really properly learn how to do that, um, is really the best protocol for anybody who feels they have an ongoing diastasis. 
and um, I have a couple of videos on my Instagram and um, pinned to the top actually as well so on how to actually assess for that um, gap and see if you if you have it um, and if you do have it like don't freak out even if your baby's years old you can start to rehabilitate and do things to help it okay that's brilliant yeah I actually I did see that video you put up and it's very very useful um so yeah and that's something that hearing I think initially what you said like it's not quite a full separation it's not like that total muscle just tears but I know it's a scary I can only imagine it's a scary thought to think my core is ripped like what what am I going to do so yeah no that's not the case at all but I will say you know um after both of my pregnancies and those kind of first few days um being postpartum like it's actually really strange how disconnected from your core you feel like the kind of core weakness is just incredible so it's it's but it's very normal as well so you know it freaked me out especially after my first pregnancy with Jacob and then after my twin pregnancy like my bump was massive the baby's were 15 pounds in total they had two placentas and the placentas were absolutely massive um I think because actually of my training and stuff like that they just had such a good you know um supply of blood to them that the placentas were huge like they actually held them up and were like what have you been doing like how are these babies so big and and my delivery experience was absolutely amazing as well so I really feel my training and um the physio and stuff that I did with Elaine Barry, physio here in Bray, like just yeah, stood yeah. to me so, so much. It was unbelievable. But um, yeah, so my bump was huge. So my core function was so limited for those first few weeks afterwards. But it does, it does start to slowly come back. So there's no need to panic. Loads can be done and working on that core connection, breathing and that pelvic floor work from the first day of um having your baby you know if you're well enough and feel up to doing it and um, it's really really beneficial just to kind of get the circulation going there and just start to wake up the muscles again brilliant brilliant and yeah speaking of um pelvic health physios I actually am chatting with uh, Helen Keeble on Friday amazing. for the podcast she's, she's um, amazing I've learned so much from Helen over the years she's an incredible mentor to me so that's going to be an amazing podcast Vicky yeah, she's uh, she's brilliant, and I know I know of um, Elaine Barry as well. Yeah. So I think it's amazing, and just from your experience, I suppose that I'm sure is definitely something you recommend is working with without a shadow of a doubt. Like if you can get to a women's health physio, um, maybe kind of in the second trimester of your pregnancy, maybe late second trimester, or earlier if you are experiencing any pelvic floor dysfunction, so any kind of leaking, um, any kind of pain, um really discomfort anything like that um I would definitely get to a physio ASAP again nothing to panic about but so much can be done to um to really really help any issues that are are happening and it's great to just catch them early if you can and then in the third trimester I went to Elaine and um she did a lot of perineal massage and stuff for me and um God, it just paid off so, so much. I managed to deliver the two babies. I didn't have even one stitch. Like it was, it was absolutely incredible. Um, and I completely put that down to to my um my prehab in my pregnancy um and just staying moving in a in a really safe and realistic way throughout the pregnancy as well. Brilliant, brilliant. So Emma, I'm really interested. Like I said, we had a little chat beforehand and 
I obviously am a coach and a gym owner and I was saying to you how I can very look after myself when it comes to managing my time and my day, let alone looking after um, young kids and babies. Um, so how do you do it? What does a typical day for you look like? I'm sure every day is different, um, but how do you manage, you know, juggling running a business, being a wife, being a mom to three young kids. What are your what are your secrets? Um so I love routine and routine works really really well for me. Um so I try and kind of stick to a routine. Um most days obviously there are some days that are a little bit different just with my husband's schedule and whether we have childcare in place on those particular days, but an ideal day or a typical kind of day is, you know, a 5am alarm if the twins haven't had me up before that. I'll be out the door um, and I'll probably get stuff ready downstairs for the kids, you know, for their breakfast and their school lunches and uniforms laid out and stuff. And then I'll go off and I'll do a 6am gym class for an hour. And then I come home and it's like getting Jacob organized out of school, getting the baby's breakfast organized. And then kind of once Jacob goes, um, our nanny comes in. We actually have a nanny three days a week. And I'm completely unashamed to say that. I'm sure some people are like, oh, but she is a godsend. I wouldn't be able to do half of what I'm doing if it wasn't for her. Um, so she comes in and she kind of takes over minding the twins then for those three days. And she, you know, will do all of their laundry. She looks after them basically like I would. She gives them their baths on those three days. And I get on with my work. So I could be then going into PT clients or online PT clients. I'm working with a couple of people over in the UK as well at the moment whose schedules are, are really busy as well because they're on tour with different projects that they're working on themselves um, or they're like on film sets and stuff like that. So it's trying to you know, be flexible enough for their schedules, but also obviously my schedule is, is really important to me as well. So, and then it will go into, you know, admin and all of the stuff that goes with running a business behind the yeah. scenes. It's just so massive, isn't it? Like you couldn't even um, begin to contemplate. And then it's like filming the workouts, programming the workouts, pro like it's just absolutely huge. Then a couple of days a week, I'll be out in class Nevin teaching classes um, or I'll be down in Bray teaching mom and baby classes. And the other thing that I really, really prioritize every day is time for me, doing exactly what I want to do, be it meeting a friend and going for a walk, going to get a massage, hopping into bed and reading my book for half an hour. Like they are so important to me. And uh, I don't think my mental health would actually be as good as it is um, if I wasn't doing those things regularly. And it's something that I really, really preach um, to my clients within my challenges on my Instagram. I am completely unashamed of the fact that I have a nanny here three days a week um, that I love taking time out for myself, that I prioritize taking time out for myself. Because if I don't have those things, I'm not a good mom. Yeah. I'm not a good business owner. I'm not a good coach. I'm not a good friend. I'm not a good wife. I can't do it all. And I don't expect myself to do it all. And I'm very happy to give my, myself that breathing space every day because then my family get me at my best. Yeah. And so it's a huge, yeah. huge priority for me every single day, to be honest. It doesn't happen every day, um, do you know, but I'll always try 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 to, to to get it to happen every single day I think that's brilliant and I obviously am not a mum myself but I see that happen a lot is once 
women become become mums they lose that time for themselves and whether that's like you said meeting a friend for a coffee or going to the gym for an hour even if it's one hour out of your week I really always just try to stress that to mums the women I work with is like it's so important because as you said you are going to be a better mum you're going to be a nicer person to be around you're going to have that energy to look after you know everybody by putting yeah. your you really as, as a woman and as a as a mother but I think all women kind of fall into this role of being the carer like being really the glue of their household whatever that household might look like they might be living with parents or you know whatever it might be like we're naturally carers but it's so important for us to care for ourselves in order to be able to care for other people and um, so if there is one even in my challenges and stuff like in our weekly survey I'm like you know what thing did you do this week that made you happy um what thing did you do this week that was just for you and it can be something tiny like you know but it's just there has to be something written in that box do you know I just I saw it so much when I worked in beauty therapy and um, for all those years that I did, you know, I'd have clients come in and I'd say like, how are you? How are things going? And they talk about their kids for two hours. And I'm like, okay, but like, how are you? Like, what's going on with you? And they, 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 they just had kind of lost themselves a little bit. And I remember even as like an 18, 19 year old therapist being like, I'm never going to be like that. Do you know? Yeah. I just think self-care is just not selfish. It's so necessary. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So yeah. it's it's something I, I I really prioritize every day, and you know, um, it's probably not the most healthy message as well to give out. But like I do a lot of my work at night, so I go to bed very very early. I go to bed like soon after the children, um, so kind of half seven eight. I get into bed and I fall asleep really easily. But I might wake up at half one and I get up and I could work till kind of four half four and I'd get huge chunks of work done in that time because my house is quiet I can actually switch my creative brain on and just plan through a load of work and then I might get back to bed for you know an hour or half an hour before one of the the twins wakes me up or um or I have to go out training and and that's just kind of what is working for me at the moment I don't think it's the most healthy thing but I just think for me to keep going at the pace that I'm going that's kind of what I have to do and that's why during the day as well I need that extra little bit of downtime yeah and it's almost, if anything, it, for me, when I know my work piles up, that stresses me out even more. Mm-hmm. So I will also find myself on my phone taking notes where I'm coming up with ideas at one or two in the morning and my boyfriend's like, what are you doing? Like, and But for me, that takes the stress off me later on in the day because then like that, I have time to go for my walk or go for my coffee with friends. And like, I know like exactly what you're saying. It's probably not the healthiest approach to it, but at the end of the day I'm all for whatever works it's for you it's most of that sometimes especially like this yeah. kind of time of year obviously we're coming into January like things are really really busy busy in, in the health and fitness industry so it is kind of just really knuckling down when when you need to and scheduling those time out then you know be it the day or you know might be a night away with your pals or a night away on your own or something like that um just just kind of to carry you through as well um and I think that's just kind of the reality of it sometimes when you're you know running a business and have a really busy life outside of that as well and I think it's having the mindset that like sometimes you just have to knuckle down and get on with it and like you know whinging and moaning about it isn't really going to help like sometimes you just have to sit down and get the work done but, yeah. um I absolutely love my work it's it's kind of like my sanctuary as well I I 
absolutely love what I do, love my clients and just love everything that, that my job brings me. I'm just so happy to be in a business that I adore and to have a business that I adore and meet so many amazing people through. So I'm, I'm a really, really one of the lucky ones. Yeah, it's a, it's a blessing when you love your job, definitely. Yeah. I think so. And it's, I mean, I one day hope that I have kids and I feel like the job we have, it is accommodating for kids as well because like, you know, it's different hours. You can, you know, kind of take time off during the day if you get the chance to. And yeah, I think you're like so inspiring on Instagram and I just, yeah, hope, hope that I can be like you one day. Um, But yeah, I, I thought that was such a great conversation. And I know for a fact, so many of um, the listeners and my clients, I definitely have a number of women who are going to come to mind here, uh, who come to mind who will find this interesting. Um, so thank you so much, Emma. I just have uh, three rapid fire questions oh, to okay. up. <laughs> so they're very simple. Well, some people are kind of not so simple because there's a lot of choice. But question one is, what's your favorite breakfast? Uh, Greek yogurt. Lovely. Uh, your favorite music artist? Beyonce. Amazing. Love, on the same page. Um, and your favorite book? Oh, I love reading. Uh, fiction, The Nightingale, nonfiction, Atomic Habits. Wow. Okay. I have Atomic Habits sitting on my shelf for about during lockdown. And I know I love it. It's so good. I have to open it. I like what I listen to it on Audible, audiobook the way forward. Amazing. Okay. You can read and walk at the same time. (laughs) I could cook dinners or whatever it is you're doing. I love Audible. I actually I do that instead of watching TV whenever I'm making my lunch or anything. I listen to a podcast or now I'm going to listen to my Audible books. Um, So brilliant. Listen, Emma, where can people find more about you and what you do? What is your Instagram, website, et cetera? So my website is empowered-mama.com. My Instagram is empowered underscore mama underscore. Um, Yeah, that is pretty much where you'll find me. I'm always in my DMs or if you want to drop me an email, if anyone has any questions on some of the things that we kind of touched on there in the podcast if they want to know more let me know I also actually have a ebook a free ebook on my website in the resources section all about exercising in pregnancy and it's completely free so if people want to get their hands on that it kind of goes a little bit more in depth onto some of the stuff that we talked through there and it breaks down trimester by trimester and stuff so it's kind of easy to digest knowledge amazing well, listen, thank you so much for joining. Thank you. I loved coming on. And thank you so much for, for having me. And yeah, have a great day and the best of luck with everything you're doing as well. Thank you so much. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Emma and took plenty of helpful tips from it. If you find it useful, I would love for you to share it with your friends, family, or anyone else you think might find it useful, as this really helps in growing the podcast. For more info, make sure to follow me on Instagram at Vicky Cornick, as well as my gym page at victory underscore fitness underscore IE. This is also where you can check out our 28 day trial that we run for half price. And lastly, if you're wanting to get updates for future episodes, which include some incredible guests, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. See you next time.